Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Friends, you did it. You made it through to the number one player in the 50 most relevant. Hello, it's MJ. 50 days in a row. You've been putting up with me. I am so sorry for it. But we've been talking through who I think are the most relevant players in Supercoach Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. We hope over the past couple of months, it's been able to help inform, enlighten, and maybe provoke some thoughts and conversations in your fantasy footy teams of Supercoach Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. Talking about Josh Dunkley, the most relevant player, in my opinion, for the formats in 2023. Joining me throughout this episode, you've heard him plenty during the off-season and will more to come. Kane, hello, mate. How are you? We're talking about your boy. I'm great, MJ. I'm <laughs> so good. No one's more relieved than you, though. I know it's a power of work, but I did hear there's actually one more podcast to go. So just hang on for us for one more day. You've I been do that. keeping my mornings nice and fantasy full for the better part of two months now. So hats off to you. But yes, this is definitely a player that I know we've chatted a lot about on our Keeper podcast over the years. I know he's come up seemingly every year in one way, shape or form throughout the season. He always gives us um, joy and unfortunately he's given us some heartbreak along the way as well. But um, for mine, I think this is clear. Number one, relevant player heading into 23. There's just so much in his game that, excites you i think there's so much potential that maybe finally be able to be realized with maybe a role that he hasn't had for long stretches and um he certainly already fired up the doggies faithful with a few of his comments about this brisbane midfield so i can't wait for that game against the dogs and i think this is a role it sounds like it's been you know a long time in the making just whether it was essendon a few years ago or staying at the dogs i think Josh Dunkley at a new club as fantasy coaches. We wanted it. We knew how good the dogs were. Yep. But they were so good in that midfield. And I think now at Brisbane, we could see what a lot of us have been hoping for from Josh Dunkley for the better part of three or four years, finally realise. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Just the 26 years of age does retain the mid-forward eligibility for us, and that is no doubt. One of the big important reasons why I've got him at number one last year. His top AFL fantasy and dream team scorer 139 was against the West Coast Eagles. Centrelight playing against the West Australian teams. That's also where he had his top super coach score of the season last year. It was a 155. You've got to go back to 2019, though, for some career high scores. In the same game against Kane's Melbourne Football Club, he delivered a 189 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. And he's a part of the 200 club in Super Coach that same game, a 202. He's averaged. A 108.8 across AFL Fantasy and Dream Team last year. It means in those formats, you're going to be paying up a decent amount of your salary cap, but it's just over 985,000 in Dream Team and just a touch over 960,000 in AFL Fantasy. Also got the average of 108 in Supercoach, and he's just a couple of grand shy of the 6,000 price point. 
and our Patreon and Spotify subscribers came that have been listening to our uh, keeper tier rankings that we did. Eight tiers of players broken down 50 players that we just like 50 here at the coaches panel. I'm just that's as high as I can count if I'm being honest with you. But um, we did this pre-season off-season conversation around who we thought were the best keeper league prospects and there was this thing you kept always bringing up and driving home for our supporters that were having access to that which you can get access to if you become a spotify subscriber or a patreon you can go and get them but um you kept driving point this home you want these guys that are premiums in their line that have that capacity to get in the mid-20s possession range and then through tackles marks and goals that column to build up to around about 10, if not higher. And if they can consistently do that, then ladies and gentlemen, you've got yourself a premium you can trust in keepers. But when you think about Dunkley, he is probably the best personification of that, whether it be an uncontested possession, whether it be a contested mark, whether it be a clearance, whether it be a defensive tackle, whether it be um, space needing to be created offensively or defensively or going inside forward 50 and being an aggressive and attacking viable option and avenue to goal. Like you look at all these categories and columns of how someone can build their fantasy scores across the formats and it's just big green ticks for Josh Dunkley. Yeah, it's remarkable, Jen. I think that's what drew us to him. And I think for the whole fantasy community, we do have to go back to 2019 because that's when we saw this incredible blossoming, really, wasn't it? It it took six rounds for him to get put back into that midfield as a permanent midfielder. But you look at what he did in that last 16 games and it was 124 in DT and 128 in Supercoach. And ever since then, we've said that is the potential. That is number one player in both formats potential now clearly we fast forward all the way through 2020 21 and 22 and there's been some ups and downs you know it was only 11 home and away games across 2020 and 2021 yeah last year he played all 22 and was relatively healthy but there was um some role uncertainty and that is Mm -hmm. partially due to that side he plays and it just has so many really top end midfielders and they're all they're all so brilliant in other ways. That's the other thing is it does become matchup dependent. You know, you've got the fast hands of Liver and that tenacity. We know Bont's just brilliant at anything he does. And then McRae's got that great mix of extraction, but also precise by foot. And then you throw in the development of a Bailey Smith. It, it got really hard for Josh Dunkley to hold down, you know, a heavy CBA role, which I think to our eyes is where he's best suited, but you got to fit into a team. It's a team game and, um, those centre bounce numbers never really got to the heights of seventy plus percent, which is where a lot of these top end mids yeah. live, don't they? They live in that high range. They're in and around the ball constantly. The only reason they're not is they're probably having a spell on the pine or a very quick spell in the forward line. But Dunkley, we haven't seen that, and despite not seeing it, we've still had stretches, most notably since that twenty nineteen season, was that twenty twenty one season, and it was. Yeah. Six games of 116 in DT and 129 in Supercoach before that shoulder injury. Um, you know, saw him miss all the way up to round 18, and and since then he was really eased back into the uh, team. Anyone that we, comes, we couldn't back really from read that data. Term. No, you yeah, can't, yeah, we did. We had to throw it out, it. and I think coaches did that last year, didn't they? MJ, they jumped on, they were rewarded, they got a 108 guy. He just was consistent, 
And now we're presented with this opportunity, new club, a club that was crying out for a big body mid that absorbs a lot of that CBA time. Yeah. And I think that's what's got us all excited. And you throw in the force that, as you mentioned, you're looking at a guy that not only could be top of that line, but with the potential to be the top player in the comp with that forward status. Yeah. It gets awfully tricky to not have him. I I just, we'll talk about the possible thought process behind why you might go against him. But let's look at this 2022 season. It consisted of 18 tons in Dream Team and Fantasy. Remember, this is just as Kane alluded to. Some center bounce volatility. There were games across your season last year where he's attending as low as 28% center bounces. And yet he's still giving us 18 tons in Dream Team and Fantasy last year. He converted six of those into scores over 120. And there's some big ones in there. There's multiple high 130s across these formats, meaning he is someone you can put the captaincy markers on. Just two under 80. He ranked six for total points across the entirety of the format last year in Dream Team and Fantasy and eighth by averages overall. That 108 average in Dream Team was basically the same of a 108 in Supercoach, 15 tons, seven of them converted into 120 plus scores. And again, he's got 120s, 130s, 140s, and mid 150s. So again, captaincy, vice captaincy considerations through there. Four games scoring under 80. So a bit more volatility in terms of his scoring range and yet still a top 15 guy for total points, and his average is top 23. You alluded to a couple of seasons there, Kane, that 2021 year where he was that one mid-one-teens of Dream Team and Fantasy and high 120s in Supercoach, and then back in 2022 that's in there too. Some might go, okay, boys, you're picking and choosing your statistical argument. Okay, fine. Let's just look at the first seven games of last year. So we're not picking and choosing, we're just picking seven games. A super coach average of 118 and a lower score of 97 and a higher score of 142. That's just the first seven games. The first seven games of last year in Dream Team and Fantasy, an average of 121.7, a lower score of 105, a ceiling of 138. That's multiple years over multiple seasons Over multiple roles, Dunkley has shown us this. Even when he's not getting over 50% CBAs, which last year was career highs in terms of the data being tracked um, that we know of, he's still popping the highest average of all our forwards for us. He's now walking into a side that needs him in the midfield. And that's one of the reasons he's left. Make no mistake about it. He tried to move to Essendon a few years ago. Port Adelaide showed some interest in him in the offseason, and so did many other teams. But he picked Brisbane, yes, for finals aspirations and to add to another premiership medal, even though he's already got one. But it was, I want to go to a midfield, and I want to go to a team where I can be a regular staple of the midfield. And when I think of Brisbane, I think of the ball winning of Neil in and outside. I think of the class of McCluggage. I think of the dynamic X factor of Bailey, Rayner through the midfield. Even Azorko has moments of burst. 
But there's one big skill set that I don't think of about Brisbane, and I feel like Dunkley, along with the ball winning, the contested ball, the aerial marking, he's about to be a permanent solution to that big raging gap in that midfield for them. Well, it's just a massive point of difference, MJ. When you look at those midfielders you mentioned, you know, Zorko is 175 centimetres, Neil 178 centimetres, Bailey listed at 182, Ashcroft who comes in is 182, you know, Lyons 184, McCluggage 185, and then you got Dunkley at 191. Yeah. Like that's just, he's just a point of difference midfielder. He's super physical. Let alone ability. He's super clean. And when you think about the Gabba too, with that shorter ground, if you can get any sort of kick out of the midfield, even if it's rushed and hacked forward, it's going right deep to the mouth of goal. And when you've got a forward line that's as potent as theirs, a bit of chaos is fine. So I think not only does he suit a need, but he suits the way they want to play. They just need to keep supplying that forward line. If you give them enough inside 50s and enough looks, obviously cleaner the better, but they just put scoreboard pressure on. They've added Gunston as well, and that's really how they defend. They defend through scoring. That's been their game. Now, could they change that? Sure. Yes. But also those Brisbane conditions, dewy, slippery, it does favour contested footy. It's what makes Neil just stand out so brilliantly is mm. he's so clean. He's so precise. And to have someone like Dunkley, that if you look through his career, he's reeled off multiple, multiple, 10 plus, 10 plus tackle games. And mm. there's 15s in there. There's 14s. There's 13s. Like he's more than capable. You look at his last game for the, the dogs in that final against Fremantle, 23 touches, two marks and a goal. But there's 14 tackles that turn it into 133 in DT. Like, that's what is so impressive about him is Amazing. that he'll do that and he can do it. And I would think with this new opportunity, not that these players need to be any more motivated, but I think no. you always are at a new club because you just have to prove it. You really do oh, have to yeah. prove it. And I think, again, we don't, we're not asking for even a massive increase. Even if we're just talking about 60% CBAs. Like, he has yeah. shown that... He's a 115 guy. And I think that's why it's such an obvious pick, MJ, isn't it? But while you are paying up, yes. there's some there's some inbuilt value there. Now, we've obviously flagged what we think the ceiling is, which yep. is best right up the there comp. with some of the best fairness. Yeah, best yeah. in the comp. And he's proven that over numerous seasons. Uh, but even if it's just what you pay for, you're looking at a top three forward, at the very, very worst, it feels like, barring injury. Yeah. The, the worst case scenario in terms of physically staying on the park is the num in my eyes, the safest number one premium forward that is currently known to us without the variance of DPP. Um, at worst, he holds his center bounces that he's at right now. Some go, oh, he has to get these big 65, 70 plus CBAs to give us monster scores. No, he doesn't. Last year against Essendon round seven, this goes 130 across the formats. It's off 23% CBAs. A month later against the Eagles, 32% CBAs. Goes 139 in fantasy, 143 in supercoach. A couple of weeks later against GWS, 46% CBAs. Goes 107 in dream team and fantasy, 114. In... So, so the narrative that he must have the CBA is false. He doesn't have to. But if he does get it, which I believe is the primary motivator for movement, now he's around the ball more. 
which isn't just great for clearances, contested possessions, effective disposals, score involvements, stoppage clearances, all these elements, but tackles. And you combine him with these elements along with his marks and then the ability to be a damaging forward option for them in what is, like you said, already stacked midfield is just mouthwatering for me. But Kane, I've, I've got two thoughts that I would like to throw out to you because we don't, even though we have both and long-time coaches panel fans know, we have been on the Dunkley train, sometimes the only two people on it, but we have been on the Dunkley train in first class for a very long time and are happy to welcome everyone aboard um, with, with no bias or judgment. But the two questions I want to ask is this. New team, new system, how important is that to you? And does that need to play any form of factor in the variables we consider before we do lock him away in round one? Yeah, well, that's, I've been thinking about the new team, MJ, and I always like to start, let's just get some simple numbers. So I had a look, what do the Bulldogs do? What do the Lions do in sort of total fantasy points? And there's really not much difference in the total fantasy points. You know, last year, Brisbane was 15-24, in AF, DT scoring, Bulldogs were 40 points more. So we're talking about two points extra a Bulldog than a, a Lion. Super coach, well, Lions actually had more points than the Bulldogs, funnily enough, namely due to how many points they scored. But they 677 to 674. So from a super coach perspective, it's actually better to be a Lion on average than a Bulldog, despite those extra DT points. Um you look at the nature of the game, okay, Bulldogs averaging a bit more of a ball, you know, mm. 31 more disposals a game. But then again, you look at goals, 14 to 12 in the Lions' favour. So I think all those things, they cancel out for mine. I think, as you mentioned earlier, MJ, it is around the role that's super yeah. exciting for Dunkley. I guess the point, though, MJ, that I think, how could someone come to a point of not starting Dunkley, I've been racking my brain. What would I need to not pick this guy to start yeah, the season? Because I think even if you did that, he'd still clearly be in your upgrade upgrade plans. And all that I can really come up with is you're taking him on with a midfielder. Because at this price point of 108, if there's a midfielder that you love at comparable price and you think they're going to be right, right up there, now, obviously, my counterpoint would be, can you not fit them in and Josh Dunkley? You know, do you really yeah, sure. love that many midfielders? But let's just say you've come down to this final decision. You've got enough money for Dunkley. But you think, you know what? There's 100 averaging midfielder here that I reckon can go 115. Mm. And that's about where I've got Josh Dunkley. So I'm going to pick that player instead of Dunkley. Use the cash elsewhere. Maybe it's to get you know, a basement rookie to a rookie you prefer. Sure. That's about the best I can think of is that you just love another mid and maybe we get enough forward rookies. Maybe you yeah. like enough forward mid prices or maybe you're just comfortable with the upside of a Rosie, a Cogs, a Taranto, whoever else you may like. But yeah. you say, you know what? I was already going to play Dunkley in my midfield because I just wanted to manage these other mid-price guys in the forward line that I'm juggling, all those type of things. Sure. And you go, you know what? If I'm if I'm talking about Dunkley versus a mid, maybe there is a cheaper mid and maybe it's a Jack McCray, MJ, who you spoke about yesterday. Maybe that's yeah. a guy that you go, 
do I want McRae or do I want Dunkley? I'll get to Dunkley eventually, but I just think McRae could return to his 115. Or is it a Josh Kelly? Is it a Petrarca or a Bont? Is there someone yeah. that you think at a cheaper price is going to make that jump and be in the top few of their line? Yeah, I would say so- it's awfully risky. Now, if you've got the crystal ball out and you pick the the Jack Steele, the Tuke Miller of 2021, or you pick oh, the Andy yeah. Brayshaw, maybe I could see your point. I guess where I've got Josh Dunkley projected is he's making a jump as well. Yeah, and his his worst case is still a player I want for the season. That's always the risk with those guys in the mids. You go that mid, they don't make it. Yeah, they can be a long way off. Whereas I just don't think, even if Josh Dunkley regressed to a flat hundred, you're still happy with you him. Now it's disappointing him. at the price, but I think that would have to be your frame of mind. Is I can get something cheaper yes. and equal or better, and then I can obviously take that cash and get even more points elsewhere. Hope Josh Dunkley comes out, you know, solid, and then I'm looking to upgrade. Yeah, it goes a ninety. Yeah, you're looking at the early fixture and you're going, okay, they've got Port Adelaide round one. Historically, Port were one of the more restrictive teams to score against. Round two, Melbourne, okay, he should be good there. Round three, though, it's the Bulldogs. They're going to gun. There's going to be some spite in, yeah. And MJ, maybe that's your your game theory theory approach. And maybe that's just. There is so many people on this guy. I understand there's risk, but like we spoke about with the Jack Steele episode, if you're gunning for the win, if you're gunning for top 10, top 100, you're going to have to zig when everyone else zags eventually. Now, some people are hesitant to do that at the start, and I understand that. Yep, But I also understand that there's some people who go, yeah, but that's the greatest time to make a jump on the top. Yes, of course, my season could be in trouble but also what if it comes off what if josh dunkley does struggle in the first Go 90 90 90 out of the gate kind of thing yeah like that's probably where my head would be at is that you're trying to be a contrarian you're trying to use the ownership against everyone else and you love someone else that you really think i can't fit this guy in unless it's at josh dunkley's expense and i think there's going to be upside or again as i said you want to use that cash and make a wider improvement to your team. But I, I think you're really again, I get the risk. I get what happens if it comes off and you make Absolutely. you make a jump on the competition. Personally wouldn't be the player in my 30 that I want to take on because yeah. that's I think the risk just, reward. Yeah. I, I look at it as okay, say let's use Josh Kelly because I haven't got him in the 50 most relevant. So I've got to find a way to sneak him in. So I'll use him as a con trusting player i'm bullish on josh kelly i think he's going to go 120 over the first six weeks and i have dunkley going 100 over the first six weeks oh okay sure okay i'll bite at that no problem at all so you're 120 points ahead okay and you're still going to go and get the guy that you think is one of the best forwards okay so you're 120 points ahead I can make that up with one captaincy or vice-captaincy consideration in one round. I get one rookie roulette right. Remember, people that had Nick Martin on field as opposed to Caden Baldwin last year. If you had Josh Rochelle on field as opposed to Tristan Cherry on field in round one. There's like 200 points right there just in two positional players. So I look at it as, yes, could it go your way? 
absolutely it's in the world of probabilities. But you're running against a very tight and dangerous ship. And and that's the thing, MJ, with that just hypothetical point that we went through is you would need to have 30 players to be exceeding the value of You've got to nail everything. You're taking out probably 15 players just because they're rookies. Yep, that's cool. You're probably really honing in on 15 players across all lines where you're like, this guy's role is to, you know, A, be in the team for the whole season. He's got a bit of meat on the bone or he's probably at max price, but he's a captain option every week. So this is my point. If you if you love a player and we use Josh Kelly as that example that you're taking him on, you, that's only one of your 15 players you're really picking from. Is Have you got 15 guys across all lines that you say are better value, are more likely to be top of their line, are a captaincy option? And that's where, for me, you're not just picking Kelly v. Dunkley. You're also no. saying that Dunkley isn't as good as maybe Cobbs or Rosie, or Taranto, or totally. Dom Sheed. You're having to make all of those picks. It's the combinations and, of it. Yeah. And that's where I think I personally can't make that call. I think what Dunkley's price is at, yep. what I have is expectation to score, yep. the role he'll play not only being a top forward, a guy I keep for the whole season, but a genuine captaincy option for me. Brisbane plays so many early games in the round. He's a perfect yep. vice-captain guy. Yeah. But if that's where your head's at and you've gone through and you've got, you know, Gus Brayshaw making a jump and you've got Doherty making a jump and you go, well, Dunkley's not going to make the same jump as someone I've got. Sure. You know? Like that that's the only thing I can come up with, how someone who's, you know, putting effort into their team, I'll say, not just yeah, yeah, yeah. doing a I random understand. team, would go, this is my logic for no Dunkley because I'm doing this. And if that's your decision... Fantastic, but and that's where fine, I but... sit now. I couldn't yeah. make that call because I can't have taking out those rookies. Fifteen players that I would rather have across all lines than Dunkley. I just can't. I just 100%. can't see it at the moment. Yeah, I'm with you. You look at his ownership percentage: fifty three percent in AFL fantasy, sixty five percent in Dream Team, and sixty three percent in Supercoach. And they are mostly at this time of the preseason the more fanatical and serious percentages rather than the broad. And MJ, what casual. would that be after three rounds? That's what, what oh, I'd be curious because I think that would be almost 90, 95%. And after, of those after three rounds, the top, the top 10,000, take a poll doubt. on what that is. And I think that's where ownership's obviously a good guide because sure. we've got that, but we, we don't know what's serious. Are you just playing with it for the day? Like that's what's always fascinating with ownership, isn't it? And I, I think that's what gets tricky with these teams. I think you obviously want to start locking pieces in because the good thing about locking pieces in, in a way, is now that pool of 15 players that you're really weighing up, we know we're all going to have the same cows because they just pick themselves. But that probably 15 people you're toing and froing on every day, I think Dunkley's that piece that now that lists at 14 and there's someone else you love to get. And all of a sudden, hopefully by the time you've seen some of these practice games, all rookies considered, it's probably only two or three people you're really wanting to be weighing up, isn't it, MJ? You've got your scenario of, hey, if this rookie who I've got as a cheap price doesn't play, I'm dropping this primo to this person and I'm getting the rookie that I can afford. Like, we know that that's how a preseason builds go. Yeah. I, we're in, I, we're in I, mid-feb. I like we're in mid-feb. I get, I get why people would it, – it's to do something different. 
That's the motivator. Yep. And and that's okay. What happens though when he goes 120 in the first two weeks? And your guy that's going well is also going well. That that's like then you can't get into him. That becomes the hard Let's point. be honest, MJ. You're cheering for an injury, aren't you? That that's that's really what that's Yeah, which plan. is never the way there's you no want to play the game. Logic to it. No. no. Well, again, unless you truly believe there's a, there's a fixture, you've seen something, and there's someone that comes out of the gate. back your gut if They're that the 130 case, guy. But... but my point would be, if you believe that, by all means, grab it that It should player. outdo something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You grab that player, but also grab Dunkley. Make a sacrifice elsewhere. That's where I'd be. Yeah, I think if that's you've right. got that belief, that's what I keep saying. If you believe 15 players are better than this guy in terms of what they bring to your team, now we know... Yeah. You, you, not everyone can bring top six, top eight sure. of their line because that's not how the games works. You have to no. have players that increase in value. But gee whiz, if you're at the 10 to 12 premium range, which is where it seems like most teams have, you know, that's how yep. you're going to have how many premiums you're going to take into the year. I am just so hard pressed to find a group of 10 or 12 players that are premium. That you like more than Dunkley. That I like more than Dunkley. Now, someone else yeah. might be different. Sure. But I think this is why the ownership's where it is. I think this is why it's number one. Yep. Uh, I think everyone knows that the upside is enormous. The downside, the downside is... isn't much. No. And I think that's why we are where we are. Like it's then. where he now, is. Now, if something it... changes and something, a comment's made, we'll adjust. adjust. But I don't know how at this point, reasonably, you can say that. If you do, maybe we set up a bed, MJ, and we make, just a bit of a line on what we think Josh Dunkley is going to go yeah. throughout the season. And again, the, the whole game is prediction. You're making a prediction on everyone because by picking one person, you invariably aren't picking someone else. So yeah. that's why it's so fascinating because it's never just 1v1. It's no, it's 2v2 all the other that and all the machinations. But I just think personally, and it's a personal list that you've yeah. worked on and everyone else has you know, given their thoughts to you and of we've course. just put in a pot and we've, Stirred it all around. I don't know how this guy isn't in your starting team. And that's why he's at number one. If if I was tried to find what is the most bulletproof, bankable guy that might not be the number one scorer overall, he might not even be the number one forward overall, but the most reliable option the most variables I can poke holes, eliminate, look, and forecast for. Everything that I use to track fantasy football tells me Josh Dunkley is someone that you build around. And if you want to go the other way, that's totally okay. God bless you. I wish you well, and I genuinely do. But I don't see a world how you feel comfortable Entering into round one with Josh Dunkley outside of your team. You're a very, very nervous coach with every Lions game. And that's not how I like to play my fantasy footy. Where he goes on draft day, though, Kane, is interesting. We've talked about him a lot and the forwards. Let's split them up. Fantasy and super coach. It probably changes a little bit. Where are you taking him on draft day across those two formats, mate? Well, MJ... For my projection, I don't know if it does. I've got him at number one across Every both format. formats. I, yeah. I just personally do. I think AF, it's even easier. I yeah, there's think, no conversation to me. Yeah, I just think what you can do, locking away that position, it's such a tough position at the top 
Um, yep. It's always a position you feel like you can have fun on the waivers and, and flesh out your maybe your bottom two to three forwards. But I just think at the top end, this is a guy that if he didn't have forward status, he'd be in the conversation for a top eight mid. Like that's just that. that's just his game. So I'm getting okay. him as a as a forward now. Super coach, we've mentioned it. There's multiple seasons where this guy's 120 plus, and sometimes even as high as 130 plus for large stretches. Um, and a, ten points is usually my rough rule. It depends how you rank the forwards. If that number goes up or down slightly, but it's usually at the very worst, it's an eight point bump. So if I'm comparing, you know, 110 forward to a 120 mid, they're more or less comparable. So yep. for me, I've got him 115 plus in that format. So chucking the 10 points on that, he's right up there with the Olivers and the Lairds. The I Millers think there's capacity for for them to maybe drop down a touch and dunk there to go up a touch. And yep. um, the blanket in that midfield, I just think I'm taking this guy, I'm locking away that piece. It's the positional um, separation at the forward line too, yeah. Yeah, I just think this is a guy that's just... He's that guy. I'm comfortable giving him a captaincy in a draft where, you know, your pool might be limited to some of the salary cap formats where you can have multiple of these first round or second round caliber players. That's true. Um, that's just where I sit with him, MJ. And again, at the end of the day, you have to make a call. The number one pick can be really tough. Could he slide through? But if you're at number one, he's not coming, he's not coming through to you at 20. Uh, oh, no, no, so, no. Absolutely so eventually not. you're going to have to make the call. What player totally. do you want? And that's where I've got him. So anytime after that, I'm I'm through the through the moon. I'm you're through the roof if you're not pick one and he's I'm there. Through Absolutely. the moon, I'm through the roof. I'm all over the shop. Yeah, through be everything. I'd be so happy. I would not be able to talk like I couldn't talk ten seconds ago. <laughs> the best so, thing to do would be, um, you know, use our mates the draft doctor's mock simulator and, yeah. and see what your side looking feels like. And, with and maybe MJ, that's something where if you get the choice of what pick you want, because yeah. if I've got pick one. There's no shenanigans there. I'm picking Dunkley. I move on. But if someone yes. says, hey, I've got pick four, would love pick one, and you're pretty confident that maybe he gets to you or you're just, you've got them so close, yeah. I think that's where those simulators are great because we know that once the draft starts, it, it's a new beast. It's totally, anything could yeah. happen. The variables but, of humanity kick in. Yeah, what happened in the news that day? You know, something's come up on a draft night, we know how many times a player has a niggle at training the night of a draft and they just slide just because of that reaction. Rory Laird was that guy last year, MJ, that in that draft That's season. Right. So for me, if I'm making that call, it's Dunkley. Anytime yep. after that, I'm thrilled. Yep. And again, that's purely because I think he's a clear away forward with the upside to be the best player in the comp. If he's the best yep. player in the comp as a forward, cool. you are so far and away you're above. ahead of the pack. Well, it's because yeah, it's you're just... F6 and they're, and you're M7 or, you know, like that gap of the last forward and last mid becomes yeah. so far accentuated. Well, especially, MJ, the reason I say this to well is because in draft, it is about winning. It's all like, yes. That's all it, it, that's all it is. Because in, in salary cap, we know that you go, oh, I'm going for rank. I'm going to go for the top 1,000 and you might pull back a little bit. You might push on. But in draft, there's only one winner in that league. So... I always favour the upside and there is no player in the game this year for me personally that possesses more upside if everything breaks right than Josh Dunkley. If I get him going 120, 125 across the formats with a forward status, yeah, there is no better player in the game. There is, there's just not. So 
I that's agree. where I sit. Where, where do you have him? Uh, I'm um, very, very similar in AFL fantasy and dream team. It's not even a consideration. It's a lock in super coach. It's at least a conversation with the 120 mids for me. Um, it all depends on your... those mids. I'm probably not gutted if I'm at three and Dunkley's oh, gone and I get an totally, Oliver or a lead or totally. someone else. It's, it all becomes like every variable, but certainly in super coach. How many league members have you got? How much, yep. what's the on-field rules? That's always there, but it, he's absolutely in the mix um, with along with the 120 guys in Supercoach as well for me. Hey, buddy, you've been a superstar, not just on this episode, but right throughout the 50 most relevant this preseason. Congratulations, mate, and thank you once again. Oh, pleasure, MJ. It's always fun. It always goes quick. Probably not for you because you do them every day, but me listening, <laughs> I'm always like, can maybe MJ get it to 60 or 70 next year? Maybe just go all the way from, you know, Jan 1 to the start of round 1. But I know it is a lot on your plate. So from everyone, thank you. You've kept us entertained. Happy to You've help. given me a lot to think about. That's always the other thing. Sometimes That's I feel really good in my team and then I put a podcast in and I go, what What did I just do for the last 24 hours? Because now MJ's got me rethinking everything. So thank you to you. <laughs> thank you to everyone else that jumped on. Yeah, Because absolutely. as you said, you you could do them solo, let's be honest, but it is nice to have everyone jumping in, contributing, throwing different ideas around. That's what this time of the year is about. Like, yeah, let's get yeah, all this. Really let's is. start thinking. Let's start expanding that thought. So we're nearly at crunch time. We're starting to see actual games, not between uh, teams playing themselves. No, about a week away from so, some of those practice games, which should be good. You're right. No, no, look, a massive thank you to, you know, the, the guys, uh, the coaches panel that do a power of work behind the scenes some of them you know some of them you don't some of them jump on the podcast some of them write articles but uh, for me a, a massive thank you to every single one of the guys who are a part of the coaches panel so jordox fox john fish mini monk louis jimmy the great man kane himself rids and tim these guys do an absolute incredible power of work like i said some you know some you don't uh, but they are equally important parts of the 50 most relevant to our guests throughout the preseason the phantom uh we've got selby of marrera's magic bales of afl fantasy fanatics has jumped on as well Holmesy of the pod pod stevie fizz of the draft doctors and i hope i haven't forgotten any of our other guests that we might have had but thank you from me to them and i'll Ultimately, thank you to you for listening to these episodes over the past 50 days. If you've loved them, go back and listen to them again. We think they're recorded in such a way that even through the preseason, as it continues over these final few weeks, there's still some nuggets of your gold. You can go back and listen to them. If you haven't left a five-star rating and review on these podcasts, we'd love it if you could do it. It's one of the ways it helps others discover the coaches panel as they're looking for fantasy footy content. If you haven't read the articles either for Josh Dunkley or any of the other 50, they're online at coachespanel.tv and the links for our Patreon supporter group where they have been getting these podcasts earlier than you they've also been getting a bunch of additional content podcasts and articles and hidden group access you can still join those at coachespanel.tv so what's next for the coaches panel you might be asking well i'm not quite done with the 50 most relevant because there's a few players that are pretty unlucky to miss it so i've got another article and a podcast coming with 10 players that for me 
They didn't quite make the 50. I want to talk you through who they are and why they just missed out the 50. And then we'll start talking cash cows, structures, strategies, trading insights and advice, getting through some team reveals, bringing some full panel podcasts together where you get to hear multiple of the guys all in one episode. We cannot wait for that for you. Thank you again for listening. We so greatly appreciate you for taking the time out of your day to listen. And until I chat to you again very, very soon, Farewell from all of us here at the Coaches Panel.